And in traditional three way, I will slower it by hand. No, this is a good song. Keep it going. Oh, sorry. You're missing the best part. Yeah. I think we need a loudspeaker. Me too. Yeah. We need one of those boombox things, you know? The guys used to walk down like this. Oh, yeah. Okay, now this I'm going to slowly lower it. This is Jewish rave music. It I is. Love it. I it love is. It. So, uh, welcome to uh, the fourth episode of From Our Mouth to God's Ears. If you're after a chazaka, like if you've already done three, and that's called a chazaka in Judaism, does that mean that like, you're already like, over the hump or something like that? Yeah, that means that this is, uh, we got to do this permanently every single week. Darn. We're stuck. Darn now, deal. this week, I have a all three of us. Passion. All three of us are here. Enjoy your poppy seed hamantash, and that's the reason I have trust issues. Uh, all three of us are here. Rabbi Yisrael Bernath, Rabbi Tzvi Hershkowitz, Shalom Face, and, and Dan Ben Simon is back. A.K.A. the Mazoinuser Rebbe. The Mazoinuser Rebbe is here. Coming through with the most amazing hamantash before Purim, I have to say. These are, you brought these? Um, no, I brought no. them. You brought them. Well, I'm giving him credit for it. Are they homemade? Are these homemade? Um, yeah, I don't think so. They look too perfect. When I first came to Montreal... Wait, the Mazoinus Reb will tell you if it's homemade. Um, when I first came to Montreal, somebody... I was in a school. I didn't know anything about anything in Montreal. Amen. Broken metal number. Amen. You did it professionally. I was like, I broke So I didn't know anything about Montreal. Yeah. And this... Woman mm. is offering me jelly donuts before Hanukkah, and she's like, "Would you like some?" Like, I don't know if it's kosher, right? Just, what do you mean? It's homemade. I'm like, I mean, I trust your house and everything, but she's like, "No, not my house. It's the bakery." <laughs> so that's what I think about when I hear is it homemade. Well, um, this is delicious. I'm a big fan of prune hamantashen. There are some people who are against it, but as I get older, I appreciate them more. I think you're the only one. Prunes are. You can't compete with prune hamantash. Why? They're healthy. Prunes are healthy. Prunes rule. Why do prunes rule, Dan? Because poppy seeds uh, get stuck in your teeth. Yeah. And uh, set off. Uh, set off government uh, uh, stuff. We have a uh, little. Um, the rabbi needs to go. Meeting here. That's yeah. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Rabbi, you're well, gonna you're gonna head out. I'm gonna head out. I wanted That's to it. say hello in the beginning of it. I'm gonna leave you guys to do it. Maybe I'll come back a little later. But you guys keep on going. Please. Hamantash was great. Thanks for the hospitality. I'll be back. All right. That was quick. See you soon. So, um, Eric, you want to take over the rabbi? This is Eric Klein right here. Eric, come grab yeah, a seat. Sit. We'd like to welcome our first just, guest, just, Eric Klein. Just, he is a member. Please, we are recording on relax. all three of us. Uh, we're recording a podcast. Eric Klein's taking over for yeah. rabbi. Eric Klein, for those who don't know, he fixes everything, no matter what needs fixing. If you need him to come down to the Philippines, he'll fly all the way down there to fix your toilet. Just talk normal. Talk. You could speak. Speak up, Eric. Say hello. I never spoke to anyone before, so I don't know. I'm a shy person. But now you're talking to a public. We have uh, thousands of faithful listeners. Millions. Nay. That's it. Trillions. That's it. That's, uh, well, we're, we're very popular, and um, so your voice will be heard if you, you have your 15 minutes of fame. What would you want to tell everyone? What's the topic today? Today's topic is the golden calf. So could you build a, 
such a thing? For the right press, I can build anything. It's good. That would be uh, actually kind of interesting, like some kind of a uh, little artwork here. <laughs> no, not the golden calf. No, that, that, that would be terrible. Never suggest that in front of a rabbi. We have another guest. Come join us. The rabbi's father is in town wow. from Chicago. He came to Montreal to try to escape the coronavirus and uh, came far enough. And then he just keeps sneezing. It's weird. Uh, he must have a cold or something, so we're all uh, trying to stay near him to, you know, help him out in this time of need. We have some Hamantashen folks. This would is. You uh, like, would you like a Hamantashen? No, thank you. The rabbi's father's name is Reb Chaim Abba, and he fixes air conditioners. So we have in this room someone who fixes air conditioners, someone who fixes chairs, and someone who fixes everything else. Basically, if this uh, podcast crashes, falls apart. We'll rebuild it. We can rebuild this from scratch. Well, let me tell you a quick story about when you said I did the bracha, right? Interesting. Um, back when I was, uh, I did like one year yeshiva stint in uh, Or Samach in Israel. And I remember, uh, like, it was a really uh, funny thing that one of the students would do. The rabbi would just start his speech. And uh, like literally 10 seconds into it, some bacher would, would belt out um, a bracha. You know what I mean? Like, totally interrupt him. Because, you know, you're obliged to say amen, right? So, mm-hmm. anyways, when you... The bracha prank. The bracha prank. You know that one well? Let's do it from now on with the rabbi's speeches. Yeah? This right. Shabbos, everyone bring your own brachas. <laughs> anyways. So, um, let's talk to the rabbi's father. Let's get a little bit... No, I want to hear the parsha. You want to hear the parsha. <laughs> All right, you're, he's here to talk the... Yeah. Spoken like a true rabbi's father. Um, so this week's Parsha, Kisisa, talks about the sin of the golden calf. And, uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting one. Basically, right after getting the, the Torah, right, 40 days, first they hear God, the Ten Commandments, and then for uh, Moshe disappears, Moses goes up the mountain to get the actual um, tablets, the what, what's luchos. the word in English for the tablets? Luchos. The luchos. There you go. The luch- luchot. <laughs> luchot. <laughs> and and uh, when he and while he's up there, they, they, they he's he's disappeared. The leader who took them out of Egypt, and so the Israelite nation gets gets very nervous, and they turn to uh, Aaron and they say, "Hey, we we need uh, we need a leader." There's, there's actually, they say, they, they say, they say over here, they gather to Aaron and they say, Give us a God who we will, uh, who will, who will kind of walk in front of us, who will guide us. Because, uh, Cause cause this Moshe, this Moshe, this person Moshe who went out, who took us out, we don't know where he is. They're basically losing it. They are. B'nai Israel are losing it. He was a day late. He was, uh, well. Well, that, according to their calculation, he was a day late. So they knew that he was supposed to come down 40 days later? I assume so. Because they waited that long. They waited that long. How long would you wait if uh, you were taken out of somewhere? If I'm in the desert? Yeah. Not that long. Not that long. <laughs> Eric, how long of... would you wait? Eric didn't answer this. Here, here's, the, here's the question. It's, I'm going to Go. answer it with a rhetorical, unconventional answer. Okay. Let's just uh, um, question? preempt this by stating that Eric is our resident atheist. Mm-hmm. Are so <laughs> here is the okay. It's possible. So here's my question. Sure. When people don't have a leader, and someone needs a leader, and someone pops out of the blue and claims to be 
what people want to hear yeah is that automatically gives them the rights to the throne so to speak I feel like this was a little personal I mean I just wanted to you know everyone to buy some milk and ice cream last week I wasn't I wasn't trying to take over <laughs> the question goes I know it's gonna be very um, but it wasn't club as well right <laughs> well, that was a different story. We're, yeah, we're going to get to the Hall of Australia issue later. <laughs> <laughs> Eric comes and takes over the podcast. But, but you guys have some inside jokes here that probably people don't know. No, 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 it's not, no. It's, no inside I jokes. I, ha- I haven't gotten to the joke. What, what are you getting to? This is like a Korach question. Korach I comes was, and tries to I be a new leader. I wasn't, no one's a new leader I wasn't Cronads the other day. Okay. And there were people screaming, the Rebbe is Mashiach. And they went to get money. And I was there with a group of people and they were asking questions. And within the community, there is four different opinions about it. So... Well, right, you're asking about Chabad in general now? Like now, Chabad leadership. No, the question is back to the reference. When people are looking for a leader, they will take anything and everything just to consider themselves having a leader. If it takes to call a... If it takes to call um, a non-existent person and to say that he's still alive and well just to be able to call him the leader does that fall in the same category as the people back had the same think, question i don't think so i think it's a very different question why because Explain. well well over here and okay you're, you're let's just back up a second over here you're talking i'm i'm serious over here over here we're talking about chabad the labavitcher rabbi who passed away in 94 95 um I'm not sure exactly. Don't, what kind of Chabad neck am I that I forget right. what year? But I'm pretty sure it was 94. 95. 95? There you go. I have no idea. Okay, you don't know? No. 94, 95. Which, no. te- which team won the Stanley Cup that year? One second. No, okay. That's a terrible way to remember. But the, 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 the Lubavitcher Rebbe passed away back then. Um, uh, the, and there are some who say that he never passed away. It's all a conspiracy theory, right? Or, or uh, you know, right. just like um, his, his spiritually is with us, and uh, etc. Um, and there's a whole discussion of who, he's, who is Mashiach. June 12, 1994. 1994. So, so um, uh, and there are some people who, who believe that. But here we're talking about an entire nation who left Egypt... And Moshe went up the mountain. I guess there are, in a way, some hold on, hold on. 40 up, days. Up the mountain and up to heaven. How don't but you the see difference the difference is uh, the difference is that the similarity is gone, right? Both in both cases, They're the both leader disappeared. Right. Okay. The difference is what was done 40 days later. 40 days later, which was the 17th of Tammuz, which to this day we, is a fast day. Right. Uh, um, 40 days later, they suddenly run up to Aaron. I guess I guess we don't have someone like Aaron to run up to, but they ran over to Aaron and they and they asked Aaron, um, where, "Where's where's our leader? What are we gonna do? We need we need we need a god, right?" And Aaron says, "Okay, bring me the the earrings, necklaces, the gold, all the, all the gold from your wives and children." So they run and they yank them off, and uh, they bring them to Aaron. Uh, later on, we'll find out Aaron just threw them into a fire, and uh, it turned into this golden calf. But why did he spontaneously ask for the gold? Are you uh, saying Aaron was anti-Semitic? 
No. Now, why did he ask for the gold? He was trying to stall. I know. But Later why, on, he says, let's wait till tomorrow. Why the gold? Why, why, why not silver? Well, why probably. Not, uh, no, why not uh, the money or something or shekels? or Did they have shekels back then? No, I, I, think, I think it's because gold specifically was what they made idols out of. Like the Egyptians, when you, when you but, open up the... the, the no, but did he, you're telling me that he had it in mind to form something? Like... I don't think he had in mind to form yeah, something. Yeah, so it's kind of a weird thing, just like, uh, well, bring so, me your uh, gold. So you that know? was one of the things I wanted to get to a little like bit. Why um, not like uh, gemstones or... Uh, and you know what? What I'm going to say might know? answer a little bit of, uh, of what you're asking as well. What I was getting to, um, that how, how the, he asked about, uh, he asked them to bring the gold. They brought the gold, and it turns it into a, a golden calf, right? And they start worshiping it. And it sounds like it's everyone doing it. Okay? It sounds like it's... It seems like it's everyone who is... No, I thought it was just a mixed multitude. Exactly. So, uh, you, you go to Ursameach for a year. This is what you come out with. Very good. Yeah. It was. It was about... I'm not... It was 3,000 people that they later killed, the tribal I'm enemy. going to be devil's advocate over yeah. here. And I'm going to say what many have claimed before, that... The golden calf after 40 days is very similar to what some groups do today on certain days and claiming and having the dance and a lot of other. It's, it's not only applicable, by the way, let me correct. It's not only applicable to Chabad and the, what they call the Meshachist group. It's also applicable to the Breslov group where they're literally just go, traveling to Kiev. For Uman, Uman, uh, Uman for, for, for the holidays, and there's a lot of other groups that <coughs> do this. <similar. coughs> it's, it's the Heineken, it's not a Corona. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of uh, the other groups that. Who, but who are they praying to? They're praying. What do they see the Rebbe or, or the, the Breslover Rebbe or whatever, any other group? What do they see them as? Do they see them as a deity, as a god? Yes, what else would they see them as? No, they see them as a conduit, as like a, a, oh, any Hasidic group that has a Rebbe, has a leader, you kind of, you want to attach yourself to greatness, right? You want to you connect right. to something. You don't they're... see, you don't pray to the Rebbe. You don't right. pray to, no way. Unfortunately, that's not the case. I might disagree, as, as some people have. But here's the problematic... We'll consider what... them the mixed multitudes. Yeah, right. No, but when it comes to some factors of praying to, you don't have to pray to someone to go get through something. Absolutely. Meaning, you don't have to go to oil, you don't have to go to a certain area in order to pray. You can literally stay in your bedroom and pray and it's going to have... As much an effect depend what your consequence. So yes, it's good to have a leader. It's good to have a helpful conduit. But it's not the only way. Where at some point in some areas, this is the only option allowed. So that's that. That's not okay. When it's the only option, I think that's wrong. Come join us, Rabbi. Um, we've been talking back. without you. We're good. He's back. Uh, no, I, I have to. I have to go. Oh, what a no, he came to what get his phone. Tease. He came to what get his phone. He came to find out if we are speaking about him. Ay, ay, ay. Um, just Eric, to, you're gonna stay, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're staying, stay uh, Rabbi's father. Stay, stay. Yeah, yeah. Stay, <laughs> stay. stay. We'll give you a lift home. More the merrier. Tell us some of the juice. Some of the juice about the rabbi when he was okay. young. Oh, 
Is he, okay. is he going? Eric, Eric, you stay. Eric, stay. Because you're bringing up good questions. Yeah. Um, what I would say is you're 100% right. Every Jew has a direct connection to God. Immediate. We don't have to make a collect call. Straight connection. No matter where you are, you have a direct connection. The only reason you would go to a, a Rebbe or a rabbi or a guide or whatever is, it, well, really, guide is probably the right word. The real reason why anyone should turn to a Rebbe is for a spiritual question, a question related to um, um, spiritually, I'm, ha- I'm having trouble focusing when I'm praying, right? That's when you should really go to a Rebbe. People go for also, also you know, regular things, but it's, it's a guide. It's a spiritual guide. It's someone who studies Torah day and night and, or should be studying Torah day and night and... You know? I don't want to get off topic, but I'm you just can get saying, off topic. I'm worry. just saying today's age, every John, Dick, and Harry. Not I was going to say something else, but yeah, whatever. Jane? Well, no. John, we... Dick, and Mary. Okay, so, let's just stop. Yeah, go on. I is who wants to become a rabbi, okay, or a rabbi and claims the name to it for tax benefits, has collected that name and it became so popular. You realize you're talking to the Mazinus Rebbe right here. Right. No, <laughs> He's getting but, offended. His face is getting red. But, but the problem, that is the problem. There is a member in our family that many years ago when we were kids, and I think I told you that, Svi, I can't name him since you have him on the podcast right now, but it's a family member that owned property over here in Montreal, and the only reason for... I have him on the podcast right now, Rabbi Bernath? No, I can't say his name because of the podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you said he's like on the podcast. No. Okay, that's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah, go on. I said I can't name him on the podcast. So, the bottom line is, the the reason he named himself... To be the Rav, his brother is the Dain, and the other brother is the Shorchad Moyal and something in between, is to have their real estate. They have quite a few real estate properties. It's a tax shelter. And it's a tax shelter. And right. it's. So that's it's a whole. I don't think that's So true. I don't want to say that all of them are like that, but it came, if you walk down, I was in New York a couple of weeks ago for a wedding, and literally you can't walk down the street. Like every fifth house is some kind of a besmedrish, a koil, a, 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 a right. something. A That's wonderful. Uh, it's, it's wrong it's, with the it's tax wrong, purposes. No, but In general, I don't believe that necessarily religious institutions should have tax. Uh, no, uh, but, but it gets the point. The, the, the point what I'm trying to make is anytime when we're overthinking something, when people are a, idols are only created. We're talking about the whole passion is about idols, right? So idols are created when people are worshiping something that does not need to be worshipped. And point. if people are desperately, if we ta- ta- if we're teaching kids, uh, people like everything, <laughs> everything we constantly talk that oh we need to go to rabbis and rabbis and rabbis. It's all about the, the greater guy and whatever. As the community grows more and more, we cannot say that someone never had a Rebbe degree and just went to school for a couple of days I think, to get the diploma. I think I know where you're heading with this. You're basically saying it's not... It became a business. It, it, not, not, not only a business, but it became like... 
you should be able to have your own like koyach, your own strength to come up with some direction also for yourself. You know what I mean? So right. You're, so you're, don't you're, basically don't run out of street. When you have a problem, don't run for it. You should be a little more self-sufficient. You should be a little more self-sufficient in your thinking and your strength and your personal guidance is what you're saying. I, I, I think that's that's a fair point. I think that all, again, every single person Every single one of us has the the opportunity, and not not necessarily opportunity, uh, but has is it has a direct connection to God, and um, should be striving to be the best we can be. I, again, I don't I don't think that negates. I think you're 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 bringing cases of people where there's it's it's based around corruption, and it's very possible that that, that I'm just saying that's they, true. But let me Eric hear. Eric, it's just I've known Eric for years. He's always looking for the scam. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I understand. No, I'm He's not saying. I'm not saying everybody. Uh... I'm just saying. But the bottom line comes down to one thing and one thing only. To when we focus, and the reason why I, again, we're back. We're talking about idols. When you force people to look, have a, a mentor, like over here, you guys call them. We call them over here, mashpiyam. Uh, Mashpia. Who is your mashpia? Who is your mashpia? If you're so focused that everyone needs a mashpia, and everyone needs an idol, everyone needs someone That's to look not up. An idol. It's in if in call no, it an it's idol. Call it I don't think. I again, it's not taking away from God. It, it's not saying a, a, mash, a, a, a everyone needs a mashpia, a selacharav. Get for yourself a, a a mashpia, a guide, a spiritual guide. It means that. You're not the the all the all. You don't know everything, so get someone you trust. It's not telling you get specifically that person. Everyone has to go to that person. It's telling you find for yourself a guy. I, I, I me personally, my wife and I, we have like three or four different mashpiyim we turn to. Uh, for but example, no. with my comedy, with my comedy, I I always have questions of where where do I draw the line. I recently so so I I go to a a, a friend of mine that. My rabbi over here, I don't think gets me and understands that side of comedy when I ask him questions related to kosher. But when, when I don't, when I don't necessarily know the answer. But when I need, when I had a question, I was going to clubs and I was performing, and I was worried about the other performers, and I'm sitting there as a religious Jew, and I'm just feeling really uncomfortable. And I, I so I, I wanted to ask. I needed guidance over there. I called that rabbi specifically, another rabbi who I ask about other questions about related to more to my, to how should I raise my kids and different, you know, my, my son is having trouble in yeshiva. This is true. My troubles, my son is having a hard year and we actually took him out for over a month. Uh, and that was off the advice of another person that, 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 that we value. So making for yourself a mashpia just means finding someone you trust or people you trust to turn okay, to that's, that you that's, are not the all wise one. But that's for guidance. Well, I don't necessarily her, have to that's have to take what, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you just actually made a point to my what my what my comment was is who said anything about a rabbi? A mashpia has nothing to do with a rabbi. A mashpia can be your best friend. A mashpia can be your doctor. So where did it dentist. say that a mashpia? No, no, but I'm saying it's like the the fact the but the the illusion what people have is that it's always about a rabbi and a rabbitson and the guy with the biggest beard in town. No, it's okay. Let me give an example. I play hockey, right? I want to become no, seriously. I want to have a better shot in hockey. I'm not going to turn to you and ask you, how do I shoot better? I'm going to go to, I, I have a friend who, who played semi-professional, and I'm going to go to him and say, I need to work on my shot. Tell me what to do. 
right? I'm going to go to someone who like spends his day, spent time, spent like professionally shooting, taking lots of slap shots, right? I'm going to turn to him and, and tell him I need, Eric, I need I, that I see, guidance. Eric, Same I see, concept. I see where you're coming from as somebody, you know what I mean, who has a lot of experience in the community. I see where you're coming from. And there's, there's people like the young generation, right, of kids who don't have that view that you have. They're, 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 I know, I'm, I'm taking your view. I'm taking your view. They, they will only know to go to rabbis, right? Because they, they don't know of any other um, people in the community. They're insular, right? So, so, so I see why you're saying, you know, that, that, that that's all they have to turn to. And it's, it's not that it's good, it's not that it's bad, it's just that that's what they're, that's the, like, like fish going upstream, that's, that's all they know. What's your take, Dan? About having rabbis and I, I, I see both, I see both of your views and uh, I see his, your view saying that it's too narrow-minded just to, to run, run just to, to rabbis. And when just, he says jump, yeah, I only exactly, ask, ask how high. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something that like people just uh, have to work out for themselves as, and it's a lot of it but, has to do with age. But again... Again, you don't necessarily. What, what what you're referring to is someone who doesn't who doesn't necessarily want to grow in their whatever it is, or doesn't necessarily want to, and is kind of forced into it, and that's not okay. And and it also takes. It, it sometimes it could take away from the fact that someone has a direct connection to God. But if I want to grow spiritually, I would. Go, if I want to learn how to, I don't know, fix a roof which I did, we went on my roof, who am I gonna go to? I'm not gonna go to, I'm not gonna go to Dan. I'm gonna, you are my roof, Rebbe. <laughs> I'm not joking, you're my, when, when my roof needed fixing, I went to you and I asked you, what should I do? And you told me jump and I asked you how high? Because I know that you know what to do. So you told me, go buy this tar and go get these pieces. I, I, I went, I did it. Same thing, a Rebbe is supposed to be about your spiritual growth. I think he is supposed to be the professional of understanding spiritual growth. I'm, I'm saying he's supposed to be. Not necessarily are all Rebbes. I don't know all Rebbes. I, I believe the Lubavitcher Rebbe was, one second, let me just yeah. finish here. I believe the Lubavitcher Rebbe, as far as spiritual growth, if he was alive today, which he isn't, but if he was alive, I would go to him and I would ask him about my spiritual growth. He's not alive today, so I turn to other people who I value, not necessarily Correct. All the same. Okay, that's exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, and let me just say, I, yeah. Eric's point, I think, is about blind faith. But sometimes there is blind faith. But and regardless, when I need roofing, no, no, I'm blind no, faith. Not only blind faith. That's you're exactly what is said. You're not into blind faith. End I don't story. believe End blind faith. Story. But in addition to that, what he just said. The, <laughs> Because the Rebbe is not alive, he goes to other people. Whereas there's thousands and thousands of people will still go to the oral, ask a question, pretending... Getting, no, you don't get an answer. You get you don't, that's an, not what you do with the IL. I go to the IL. But there's many people that I... Again, I can't name names and saying what, when, why. But I've heard stories. People tell me, I went to the oral, I asked a question, I got an answer. That's and me. That is the I answer. did it. Well, let me tell you something. I've gone to the IO many times, and the Canadians have still not won the Stanley Cup. No matter how many times I've asked. Let me tell you a quick story, a personal story about the oil. Okay? My wife, not super religious. And when I started going to Chabad, I had never gone to the oil before. 
right? And we went on the Shabbaton many years ago. Ayel is a Rebbe's resting place. In New York. His grave, yeah. Yeah, just outside of Queens. Yeah, right. Near JFK. Really incredible place. Anyways, so this is just our first experience with it, okay? Going back like maybe four years, we went. And she writes her note and she's having some uh, job transitional period. She wrote, I would like in my new job to make $10,000 more. Okay? Literally, her next job came a few months later. And how much was her increase? $10,000 a year. So I, I, I never got... While that's wow, yes. I've honestly asked the Rebbe many stuff. Uh, asked the Rebbe, you know what I say? I asked God many stuff at, uh, at, at the <laughs> Ayel. Um, um, and, and, I, and I've never really, I mean, the health of everyone, really, you know how I write? Specific. I'm there for like, I'm there for like five minutes. I sit down, I write, uh, um, uh, you know, dear, dear Hashem, um, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm here at the, the, at the Rebbe's uh, gravesite, gravesite, and uh, I'm, I'm going to say some prayers. I actually don't only go to the Rebbe, I, there's another, mm. uh, a guy in Montreal, um, whatever, I'll say later, but I also visit another grave, I pray at this other person's mm. grave, just a regular chassid over here who lived in Montreal. But, um, and, and, and I, I say, look, uh, I, I, here's blessings I need. It's really the only time where I think about blessings, um, uh, health for my family. I write down all our names. Um, um, this and this person needs a shidduch. This and this person needs health. That's pretty much it. I say, I, mm. um, tzvi. And then I pretty much go, oh, yeah. I go over there. But I, I, again, when I go visit any gravesite of anyone, I'm, the, the only difference is I'm not, I'm not writing a letter by others. Uh, by the Rebbe, I do that. That's a tradition. But by others, I've gone to, I've gone to those trips where you go to different uh, Rebbe's. Over there, I just, uh, you read Tehillim, you read Minolashin, you read the Correction. Uh, uh, not correction. I just, I was in Israel last week and I was in Harmonichas and I went to visit my grandparents who passed away a couple of years ago. And someone came up to me after I went to see my grandparents, I went to see my great grandfather who is right next to the Belzer Rebbe. So as I walked, walked from, from one uh, uh, cavern to the other, someone came and I said, uh, tell him over here and there. And someone comes up to me <coughs> and says, you're not supposed to go to more than one caver a, a day or something like that. Never, and never I, never heard, I never heard of that either. But you've got a camera limit. It's, it's like what you only you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I that's actually just came it's like out a library. Right. You can only take out five books. I never heard of that, but someone just <laughs> said that, and I'm like, okay, let me busted. Ver- let me verify that. So you never heard. I've of that. never heard of that. No, okay, well, no. But I, I go every time to a second one. There was a guy named Nussen Felig here in Montreal. I don't, I didn't know him as a kid. Uh, maybe I didn't know him, but my father has a lot of stories about him. And when I was going through a kind of a tough time, like that kind of, that guy, the, the, the character stands out. He was kind of a, 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 a real chassid, like Lubavitcher, a, a Chabad, you know, a, a chassid of, uh, and at the same time, he was just a completely hilarious character with great sense of humor. And there are every Montre- every Chabad person in Montreal has stories about him. And we're not talking about like a holy guy or anyone, but someone who um, was just loved by the community for all the... Co- he was very... He had a lot of great... He was able to mix that humor, you know, and I think that had an effect on me. Just before I forget, I just want to add yeah. that to this day, we... Not we, us... 
but a lot of people in the world still worship not really a calf, but a bull. Okay, which bull? The Chicago the, Bulls? No. The charging bull of Wall Street. Ooh, yes, I like I know, I know. I've thought about this before. Yeah. Even though I'm just... Uh, Hold on, a, isn't that an actual idol? Yeah, exactly. This is a literally so a this idol is, made out of gold. This is the Wall Street bull. It's made of bronze. It's in the financial district of Manhattan, New York City. Everyone knows it. It's a 7,100-pound, 11-foot giant bull. And uh, it's basically taught... It's the aggressive financial optimism and prosperity symbol. And uh, I think it really is an interesting thing that, uh, you know, people worship the Benjamin, right? That's so, true. So this is really just an extension of that to, you know, I find that I, I someone, it's not my own thought because I, you know, I'm not that smart. I'm just a dumb chimp. But uh, basically, uh, I've heard that before that, you know, still there's like a little, you know, like a shitish of, uh, of the, of the a golden cow root. In the in the charging bull, you know, of, in of Egypt, actually, the 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 Egypt used to worship bulls yeah. and cows. Yeah, they they worshipped. Uh, they had t full temples and mausoleums yeah. of of uh, the bulls. I, I, I read up on it um, where they would, and the golden calf may have been uh, trying to, you know, uh, create yeah. a, an imitation of that. That was like one of their gods. They yeah. really had bulls that they would like. Um, if it had a certain look, if it had um, like a triangular mm. uh, kind of, you know, like a pattern. color pattern on, yeah. in, on top of its horns and everything like that, they would, they would, um, they would put it in this room, they'd give it massages. Hold on. <laughs> Hold yeah. on. Back we should get massages. We're like a stiff-necked people. We, don't we have in the in Jewish religion, if a... If uh, what's born at young, uh, you have to bring him up for, um, a f not a firstborn calf, a firstborn Kamar, a, a donkey, a donkey, a certain color or age or height. No, or all something. the uh, all the livestock, the firstborn of the livestock. Yeah, no, all the all yeah, we have, we've got a lot of stuff, but that's not related to this. Okay, no, but um, uh, w with regards to I this, I was trying to bring us back to the golden calf, by the way. With yeah, the yeah, it was good. Bronze. Good segue. Good, yeah, good job. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of gold. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, basically they created the golden calf, but it's kind of weird. How could they create a golden like idol worship? They heard just forty days ago that. Don't worship idols, right? I, uh, you know, I'm the one God. Don't worship idols. So the Re so the so so the Rebbe was having. A, I was reading on this this whole thing. The Rebbe was saying about it how they were actually looking for a new leader. They weren't looking for an idol. They were looking for a leader, but it turned into idol, um, which is something I find interesting. Go go get a drink. Okay. Anybody want to parry it? Uh, no. Yeah. 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 The question about. You just asked why they, they when you tell a kid not to do something, you're actually asking him to do something. Because okay. what it what it means is, um, when you you just said like the only forty days after being told not to worship idols is when they worshiped an idol. If you want your kid to eat broccoli, 
you don't tell him to eat broccoli, you tell him not to eat broccoli, and then he's going to eat it. And if you tell him to eat it, he's not going to eat it. So it's always the, the reverse mentality. I tried that. It did not work. I told my kids not to eat broccoli. Oh, they well. don't eat broccoli. Okay, well, maybe... Uh, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> but you understand, like, sometimes by telling people not to do something or you telling people, it makes them do it. Just get well, them. first of all, it was only 3,000 of the entire people. We know that because when the Levites, after the sin of the golden calf, after, Mo, after Moses came down and smashed the, uh, the, um, the two tablets, after he did that, he said, who... who um, Who's with me? Who's with God? And the Levites, uh, which uh, they all stood up and said, uh, we're with you. So he said, take a sword and kill the people who worship the golden calf. And they went and they killed 3,000 is the number given. So we know, I believe there were 600,000. So 3,000 were the number, was the number of people that were killed, which means it was a vocal minority. Similar to what, you, what? in many cases, what you were bringing up was a vocal minority. What did they do with the bodies? I don't think it says what they did with the bodies. They didn't give him like a burial? I don't know. That's a good question. Just leave no him to the vultures? I don't know. I doubt that the case was just... Usually it's, like with Korach and things like that, you know, like where the... the uh, there were no bodies with Korach. There was just a ground. Just, I know. They, that's there what I'm was saying. a they got giant burp. <laughs> <laughs> the earth burped. Right, um, but in general speaking, not for forget about what they, yeah. what they did for the others. It's for what they did for themselves because if you don't if you don't bury the bodies or you don't dis dis dispose of it in a proper way, no. it's actually gonna hurt you more it's gonna, than it's gonna hurt the body. So I don't they think probably, that they must have, they, yeah. especially t- in those days in the desert. Mm. You imagine bodies lying around in the desert. It would have yeah. hurted them more than it would have hurt the, the, the yeah, bodies sure. or they whatever. They did not have so, refrigeration. They didn't have Robert Burnett's father who fixes air conditioners coming from Chicago. Um, this is, sorry, a little bit off topic, but I think there was the Zoroastrian, uh, I think, culture somewhere in like uh, Iraq or something. They've got these giant uh, places where they dump the bodies uh, on a, like, not like a pyramid, but like this giant uh, plateau and they just, just bake in the sun and like just uh, decompose. It's a really freaky uh, way it's been going on for thousands of years. Do they still do it? Um, I'm not sure, but it's a well-known practice of, uh, it's, it's basically you're giving your body back to the, to, uh, the, uh, the elements. And it's a extremely a uh, very very ancient way of disposing of very uh, smelly way. Well, not explains sure why no. everyone's fleeing Iraq. Let's be honest. <laughs> but the, if you look, if you look in the way of people um, oh, disposing right bodies, is also if you go, for instance, India do public well, they, cremation. They dump them in the, the river in they, India. They basically cremate them on the floating river. Yeah. Do, do you know in, what they do in Wuhan, China? With they them. demolished the building and buried them alive. <laughs> yes, they demolished. That's what they did this morning. That was crazy. No, it was yesterday. Potato, potato. Yeah. They, they. Uh... And it wasn't yeah. the first time. It was the go. fourth time already in the past. Here, guys, check this out. It's week. called it's called a sky burial. Ancient Zoroastrians believe the dead body should be put in particular. Uh, yeah, to basically they get eaten by the birds. Well, you see, yeah, at least someone gets you, something uh, out of it. Let me show you a picture here. Look, basically, it's a giant plateau. Wow. Yeah, and it's extremely ancient. Thousands of years, people have. Uh, 
They so probably, I have a feeling they did the same thing. So what do you think about this whole coronavirus? The fact that now there's a, there, you saw the article by this rabbi, he's stuck uh, in quarantine. My sister in Israel is in, is in quarantine. Yeah. I actually, um, the rabbi I'm in New putting York, myself. The, the rabbi in New, York, in New York is in quarantine. Yeah, exactly. I'm putting myself for two weeks in quarantine. Me I, too. I, I, I was like told to protect you. the others because I got a, I got a, I asked my rabbi and he he let me open up a Netflix account. So. Yeah, so it's it's perfect timing. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's unrelated. Wait, wait, I feel a cough coming. <laughs> <laughs> the problem. <coughs> it's not funny anymore, but the problem is. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it for once and for all. It's a hoax. It's a business uh, scam. This is why we and get there is, and there is nothing, it's, it's nothing wrong with it. And I was just telling, uh, we're talking about idols worship. It's literally, I was in for all, as I came You're back. You're the one coughing. As I came back from, um, I came back from, from the Philippines. I stopped in South Korea. And when I stopped in South Korea, they gave us a note with a mask. The note read, masks mandatory while you wait for your layovers. No mask. It's a one-year prison term plus one million of their currency. And some people Which actually, is like $5. I don't, I don't know exactly. No, it's actually very expensive, that Korean money. But the point being is... Once they pulled you aside, they took your temperature, they tested you, and for those that the sort of nurses didn't like, there was a makeshift uh, hospital on site that they sent you in order to let you on flight. So you had to go into the hospital, get a doctor's note. You, they pay money? Did you have to pay money? 800 US dollars oh, to man. get the doctor's note. That's a scam. Of course it's a scam. My point being, everything related, just because we don't know yet what the story is behind it, we don't know who's going to benefit most and how, for instance, the masks right now. Just to prove a point, I was in the Philippines when it started, a mask over there was given out over there, it's like socialized medicine, same as over here in Canada. Masks was held, handed out by hospitals, uh, social workers and everything. The day when the, the corona crap started, Everyone was wearing was was wearing, was wearing a mask. I know it sounds like Eric's dying over yeah. here, <laughs> but he's completely healthy. No, because this my 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 cough right now is I was chimney smoking for three weeks now and I'm quitting soon, or for three months already now and I'm quitting soon. That's not the point. Hold on, hold so, on. So you hold just started smoking. I I'm quitting smoking now. I quit. I I, I I quit thanks to the patch. Right. My when I if I would smoke, my father would pottery. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not bad. I like it. I that like means it. hit in Yiddish. But yeah, no, I so never. So masks went up in price. They started selling masks. It got to so expensive that people actually paid a week's salary to buy a couple of masks for the family. So it's like Purell over here it's and toilet like, paper. Now they're stocking up on toilet paper. But here's the problem: the dumbest, Before Pesach, like, the who dumbest even uses toilet things paper that I find is that people are overreacting. The same thing goes when talking about like we're talking about idols. Now we're looking out about like you know who, what is the doctor gonna tell you? And guess what? The doctor has benefits in certain areas. He makes money. He gets kickbacks from. I know most of the doctors will be upset and they will call it's me some more money. It's a scam. Doctors, 
get benefits from pharmaceuticals, from this and that and the other. All, no one, no, they don't beg for money. So do you think this is something that's going to, um, is temporary? Like eventually it'll blow over kind of like the Zika virus and the... No, I heard, I heard basically this will probably be added to the list of uh, annual um, uh, sicknesses that people get. It's just they're going to figure out a way to give you like, a, you know, you have a flu shot. They're going to give you something for this. You just answered the, the world's... The, 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 That's the, the scam. The, the 64,000 other question. Yeah. What is the... Who is going to benefit and how? Yeah. There we go. The Wait, it's are gonna, you an anti-vaxxer? It's, it's going to be mandatory. Yeah. Are you it's an anti-vaxxer? It's going to be mandatory right now to get the vaccine yeah. for that. Yeah. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but don't... F- it's, there's two things. There's anti-vaxxers and then there is... Pro-vaxxers and then there's neutral. I'll get what I want and when I want it. Don't tell me how I should do it and when I should do it. The same thing with the hoax. Um, it's been proven over here for the people that don't understand basic economics. Is three, uh, four years ago, they passed a law over here in Quebec that you have to put on uh, snow tires. The yarmulkes. Remove yarmulkes. And in revenge, we gave everyone the measles. Because of because of uh, <laughs> because of the snow tires, there is not gonna be um, there is not gonna be there's gonna be less uh, accidents. And actually, on the has statistics, yes, it has worked. Yeah. It has not worked, and here's why. No, there's actually I heard the uh, because the texting body, went up. No, I heard the auto body uh, places are crying because the, their business went went right down. So here, here's, here's the hoax that comes with it. The, they've proven that the three, the three ministers who implement, who actually propose that bill, okay? Had tire companies. They were kicked back. They're, they're partially owners. They were taken care of. And there's proof. Partial owners of tire companies? Partial, uh, not of tire companies, the tire manufacturing really? industry. And they, they all... The same thing with, I'm going to say it, I know I'm going to regret it later, I've just uh, like... We don't have that many, there are like five listeners and two of them are our mothers. There is a right now called the RBQ in Quebec that everything related to the building industry has to do with that. The fact of the matter is, that RBQ industry has been implemented by six... Uh, ministers in the, in the office that privatized that everyone you want to build you want a building permit you need to come to us you want to be a plumber you have to come to us and it's called it's actually financial it's one to three company it's a numbered company so there is no one but he, everyone assumes that it's a government run program it's a private industry that makes billions and there is no head of state that no one knows reality who <coughs> Who owns it? But the fact is, it's all. Every time when a law passes, mm. the only questions one should ask is who is benefiting and for how long. So there, you it's, might have a point. There's like ninety-nine percent of the time the facts. So come why are they up. doing the yarmulke, anti-yarmulke, anti-burkas, uh, and all that? Who benefits from that? The who benefits it is the. Maybe um, go on a limb here. But the the old school Quebecer traditions. Yeah, well, which companies, I suppose. No, okay, so not like, necessarily every. Let let me fr- rephrase that. Every like a lot of laws. <laughs> this is just a hateful law. 
So someone is benefiting by pushing their agenda is to eliminate minorities. Uh, eliminate future generation. Okay, so you ask me who's benefiting? The Hardcore French Canadian who's afraid that you with a yarmulke may by mistake slip a few lines to their kids who don't want to hear that. So they want to make sure that you buy no They're chance. They're scared of us. I knew They're it. Parents. They're afraid we're going to circumcise them. Everything comes down to it. Hollywood has built this into the non-Jews. They think that, like, anytime, that's why they're afraid of us, Hasidic Jews. They see us, and we're like the epitome of, every time you see us, it's like, there's something to do with circumcision. I think people are just scared of us. Judeophobia, I, I repeat, we should, uh, we're much scarier than, uh, than we are. I like that you said Judeophobia. Phobia. Uh, we spoke about that yeah, last yeah, yeah. episode. Yeah, anti-Semitism is a waste of time. Calling, yeah. uh, calling, uh, like, who's scared of their anti? Yeah, exactly. Anti, the anti yeah, really. Excellent. So long. I'm out for this one. You're out? Eric, that was Thank awesome. We got to get you on... Uh... Oh, you know what I just realized? What's that? I forgot to mention Tomorrow this. Is Hold on. Fun. Well, yeah, but by the time people listen to this, it'll be after party. Okay. Yeah. But I just realized tomorrow's actually the fast. But um, the well, answer nice. to last week's Parsha question. What last week's Parsha question was, he's the only member of his family to not have uh, an Aleph in his, whose, whose name doesn't start with the letter Aleph. My name does... Yeah, my name's Tatsa. No, no, no. He's the only member of his immediate family. The answer it was answered by our loyal listener Ben Crew. He answered it. He sent. He he sent in the he answer. Sent, he sent in he really did. The really? answer is Nadav. His father is Aaron. His mother's Elisheva. His brothers are Avihu Elazar Isamar. They all start with Aleph. If you looked on the English side, they all start with vowels. This guy's paying attention. He knows. He knows what he's doing. Impressive listener. He's got a great future. He's probably going to be a Rebbe. We're going to call it now. The crew of Rebbe. Can we send him like a Hamatushin as like a prize or something? We should. We should. They'll be stale by the time he receives them, but Uh, yeah. You're talking to the Mazoinus Rebbe here. I'm going to ziplock it and double... uh, Double saran wrap and uh, duct tape. It's going gonna, gonna to be a fresh mosaic. All right. Uh, and uh, so the, this week's question, uh, because I might forget later. So this week there is one verse, one pasuk in this week's Torah portion. It is the only one in this entire book of Exodus of Shemot that starts with this Hebrew letter. Basically, in the entire Shemot, there are verses that start with Aleph or Beit or Gimel or Dalit or Hey, right? But... This is the only one starting with, like, there's only one verse in the entire book of Exodus that starts with this Hebrew letter. Mm, okay. Wow. It's a good question. Good question. Excellent question. So not, not too difficult. I'll need to read the whole book in order to know which one to look for. Well, you could probably, yeah. No, just yeah. all of Exodus, though. Just all of Exodus, yeah. Oh, that's only a couple of weeks long, right? That's it. Good luck. Okay. We just need to look at the first letter and take notes. You got it. Yeah, I'll have an answer you before. So you're comes. telling me you're quitting smoking while you're ba- banging a, the, a, a lighter on the, and you're holding a cigarette and you're about to walk out. Are you walking out to smoke? Yeah. I'm quitting after that one. You're quitting after that one. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> well, you could just say I'm not smoking anymore, right? And then we'll all clap. And then you say, well, I'm not smoking any less either. <laughs> that would always work. But yeah, listen to your cough. Why not just quit? Quit right now. Then we'll have a success one more, story. One more. One more. Then we'll then we'll talk about the rest. I, I you know what? 
I'm not a quitter. <laughs> nobody, I, nobody likes I hate a, Nobody likes a quitter. Yeah. So, wow. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Eric. Thanks. Hopefully we'll have you on another time. We'll, we'll uh, be in touch. Thank you. <laughs> so we're here at Chabad NDG, continuing yes. our conversation. In and the, in the uh, back room, the beautiful, uh, a.k.a. the kids' playroom. They, they leave a crazy mess. Have you ever been here after Kiddush on Shabbos? I try not to come in here. After. You, don't, you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to. It's, uh, you don't want to come in here even when the kids are in here. Because you might like get like a projectile toy to the face or something like that. Yeah. Somehow they no. get throwing chips around. It's, it's havoc. It's mayhem. But, uh, no, I think besides that, I think they like to uh, keep it... Uh, it's no, a, we're joking around. They, we no, have a it's very... well organized. Yeah. Bring your kids. It's safe. They will have a great time. You can dub in to your heart's content. And just... For, you, you might even... I, I, it happens to me. I'm not joking here. I bring uh, my Noah. little Noah, four-year-old. And then you go and, home. <laughs> no, not home. But I'm like... I'm davening, I'm listening to the Torah, I'm reading, I'm schmoozing, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, Noah's in the back room. So. <laughs> <laughs> On holidays, we actually have uh, our own um, bouncing castle. Yes. We were debating if we should use it on Purim. What do you say? Uh, yeah, if it fits in here, 100%, the kids will love it. It does, it fits in here. No, you've seen it before. Yeah. Like every holiday, we, we put it up in here. But, uh, yeah, it's a great place to bring your kids. It's so good you forget about them for, like, <laughs> that should be our That should be our ad, yeah. right? <laughs> Come to shul. I was thinking, I, I, I wrote a, an idea of an ad for uh, Purim. Yeah. Uh, that we should put out, maybe. You know, choose this Purim. Choose Hamantash over Human Touch. Human Touch. <laughs> Coronavirus. Yeah, that's right. I've... Are you going to do like the cheap uh, shalach manot of uh, a corona and like uh, oh, Chinese wow. uh, fortune cookie? Yeah, tell them about my, uh, tell them about my, my macho mishloach Every manot. single year, Dan gives everyone a macho shalach manot. Not everyone. Three select guys, which are the same guys every year, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the best part of Purim, because you get from everyone else candies, and, yeah. but you get like a macho, there's yeah. there's like a kernatzel, yep. and there's uh, nuts beer, it's nuts, and yeah. like a power bar. Yeah, I decided to buck the tradition many years ago with the, exactly like Svi said, a lot of these uh, Mishloach models were full of like candy and like kids food. So I'm like, forget that. Let's do something that dads will really be able to dig into. So uh, I came up with the Macho Mishloach Manot. I loved it. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. It comes in a weight. No, it comes in a paper bag. Paper bag. Because it's NDG. It's <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the whole paper bag? Now they've done a plastic bag ban in New York. Have they? Yeah. I've got. They're used suffering to... over there. Yeah. I have not gotten used to it. You haven't gotten used to the paper. I don't go to IGA anymore. No. I, I, I try just... to avoid it. What do you do? You get your groceries ordered. I get it ordered in boxes. Yeah. But you get exactly what you want. They I do. Yeah, they're missing uh, stuff. No, sometimes they're missing stuff. They're missing but stuff. I'd, I'd rather do that than See, schlep that's why these my, bags. Yeah, my wife would freak out if they're missing like one. Well, one the issue is that that you. Lo- 
you know this as a dad. You come home from shopping yeah. and you want to just grab all the bags and want two arms, yeah. as macho as you can, <laughs> and carry them all in, right? Even though you got to like open the door with your teeth, you, you, you want to carry them all in. You don't want to go back to your van or okay. car to get... Yeah. Am I right? Maybe 10 years ago I would have done that. I'm getting lazy now. Seriously? You do like eight trips <laughs> not, back and forth? Not eight. If you have a ton of groceries. I used to be able to carry them all. <laughs> no. Even if you can't carry them all, you try. You get like you get like six of them at a time. So basically you're... You can't do that with with paper bags. Right. So basically you're telling you you're, you're missing out on your weekly exercise session. That was your... My weekly exercise session was, is literally Shimona Esri. <laughs> I got the uh, bows, the walking back and forth. No, you're an avid hockey player, so that's your thing. That's true. That's true. How was your, uh, how was your hockey today? Uh, no, today I... You did I, sports today. What did you do today? Nah, t- today with the kids. I, I, hockey is Thursday night. But you, you coached today? Is what was Yeah, that? today I coached. I actually, the kids, I, they had a masquerade. So some of them had, uh, it's the young kids, it's grade one. They had um, costumes in their backpacks. Uh-huh. So I said, all right, guys, today we're playing in costume. It's two, two, two poor kids, like, actually had face masks. They but could what barely did, see. But what did you coach, though? What did you... Uh... Uh, so soccer, but I also... Uh, today I did... Usually, the way I, the way I do each session is uh, we start off running around and stretching. Oh, then I focus on one drill. So, uh, like, I do a drill which focuses on... A, on like if it's soccer, it'll focus on passing or shooting or or dribbling, but or yeah. some, or when, as they get older, positioning and you know sometimes it's more technical or it could be you know uh, in hockey a one timer sort of thing. Where's the location? So it's a uh, yeshiva. They, there's no sports program in yeshiva. There's no secular studies. So mm-hmm. I do it after school. So today school ends for grade one at three o'clock. So uh, I. Their school continues on Sunday. Could you believe it? For for the older boys, I can't do it in the school. So today is the only day I take them to a different school uh, yeah, gym. Yeah. And uh, instead of the instead of the drill, we played a game which is amazing. I don't know if you've ever played this. Okay. This is the great. I want to play this with with over here us yeah. guys. It's amazing. Okay, yeah, check yeah. it out. So you know dodgeball. Love dodgeball. Okay. You know dodgeball with jail. Yeah. All right. Where you go in the back? You go in the back behind yeah. the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. this is even wilder. Put a net in front of the jail. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say um, solitary confinement. <laughs> <laughs> Do it with like uh, what's that thing called? We're gonna take it to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> Torture. No, no, no. The next. <laughs> the next. Like straight jacket. Play dodgeball in a straight jacket. I never played it like that. <laughs> no, the the. Uh, but the next level really is. It's phenomenal. So you put nets right in front of where the jail is, right? The jail section. Oh, Hockey we net. Score. Yeah, hold we on. We did that. We, no, we didn't do that. We did that when we were renting. On no, we didn't spot. do it properly. No, we didn't. Two do it nets. And there's one guy on each team who's a goalie. Goalie. We did it, sweetie. No, we didn't. We Hold did. on. I'm not done. Okay. In order to get the guy, guys out of jail, you, you got to throw it in goal. the net. Then everyone comes out. Yeah. And the people in, in, in jail could only get the goalie out. And right. you play with two dodgeballs at the same time. That is machine. It's amazing. That is machine. So there's strategy. It's like you have the guys from behind who have the ball chasing the goalie yeah. out, and your teammates just try I'm to whip it in the net. Telling you, we it's did. Phenomenal. We did a little bit of that. You did, yeah, at Chabad when we rented out the uh, 
The Monkland I remember Center. playing dodgeball. The Monkland Center. Yeah, we got stuck. We were thrown out of. This is uh, where are we at. We don't we have worry enough time. Where yeah, we're at. Uh, we, we got thrown out of a couple of places. We've been uh, homeless. At one point, we really were homeless, so we rented uh, here in NDG. We rented in the Monkland Sports Center or something. Yeah, we rented the Monkland it Sports was Center. Phenomenal. That was great. I remember uh, basketball first, games. Yeah, no, I remember the first time that I went there. And uh, I didn't really know. It was a former uh, junior high or something like that. It was, it was so. a school. I never knew that. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I think up the, an old age home or something took over part of it. And then uh, they kept the community center with the gym. And they do like martial arts and things like that. But uh, I remember the first time I went in there and uh, I'm looking for the kids. I don't know where the kids are. And then I hear like... Uh, you know when you're in high school and you can hear like the echo from the gymnasium and you get all excited, you know, and that, that brings you back that feeling. So I'm, I'm in shul, uh, you know, we're, we're renting the place out and I, and I see, you know, where are the kids? I hear like this gymnasium sound. I go, I see Sarah Bernath up on the top, like there's a mezzanine looking down and she looks at me and she goes, now that's a kid's program. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> she goes that's a kid's like you just let them in this giant gymnasium and let them go nuts they had a blast <clears throat> that was can you um, that's amazing that's like, that's I, that I dream, miss that is a dream come true for a shul I don't miss the shul because it was like we were stuffed in this tiny room and barely anyone came and it well, was kind of depressing how many jokes did we have going we're like uh if you uh, something about an Aaliyah and you get like a, make a three pointer or something like that, yeah, we yeah. had these jokes. I think we away. actually one week uh, we didn't have a minion, so we shot some three pointers and uh, yeah, we were dished out the Aaliyahs uh, and then yeah. came back. Yeah, yeah. Was, when we get the yeah, minion that came, was, yeah, that was, that was a once in a lifetime uh, shoot experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was phenomenal. <laughs> a dream come true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're pretty wicked in uh, dodgeball, dodgeball, and in uh, no, 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 no. You were good at soccer. You you, you shocked me with. Your, soccer uh, with your soccer uh, skills, I was just like, whoa! Yeah, soccer and hockey. Where I did got. you Where did you get your uh, your soccer? Uh, you know, what, what, what yeshiva? What, what rebbe? Did I you actually, when I was in, well, who was your soccer rebbe? Because I have a soccer I, rebbe. I was shocked at your your ability, your goals. So uh, when I was in London yeshiva, yeah, there was uh, I spent a year there, ninety nine, two thousand. And I'd always I'd grown up playing a lot of soccer. And England is a is a, a soccer country. It is. It's like pretty much like cricket and soccer. Yes. Or something like that. Yeah. So I went. So so I I, I got friendly with a guy named Chaim David Wilhelm, and he could probably play play professionally. Yeah. Uh, he was. Like, what uh, is it? Uh, Liverpool and all these. Uh, no, he was. He was talented. He was. We're, we're a yeshiva bacher. Yeah. Who was just. I remember we were we used to sometimes skip classes. Yeah, and there was a park, a huge park with a big soccer pitch, a football pitch football, as they call yeah. it there. Yeah. So he trained me. A, so I came and I I just enjoyed playing soccer. And he trained me really well. I Man, Man U, Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> just before I forget, they are the biggest um, uh, income. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Money making franchise in sports. Wow. By the way, if people think it's like the Yankees or something, it's no, I think it's Manchester United. Wow. Yeah. They're like international, like uh, jerseys, uh, what do you call it? Paraphernalia, whatever. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, this guy could, um, I, I, I'll never forget that I had a lot of soccer memories over there. And one of them was he was shooting at me from half court. 
you, you know how big a soccer field yeah. is, right? Yeah. He had trained me to be a goalie. He trained me to be a player. He, yeah. used to, he, used to, he, he wanted to train all the time and practice all the sure. time. So we were always sneaking out or driving. Yeah, you know, yeah, any, yeah. Any, time, any extra time we had, we were playing. Yeah. And uh, in the rain and the, no matter the weather. Anyway, he's shooting from halfway down... And every shot, halfway down the pitch, every shot uh, is, is going to the net hard. Wow. And I, bend, but, bend it like Beckham? Yeah, like that style. Bend it like Beckham Including style. Uh, curving yeah. the ball. Yeah, using, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and, and I was able to block them because they're coming from yeah. far enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was this guy, there were some people watching just because, like, it was phenomenal. So this it was guy, phenomenal. This guy, he was, this guy was good, top notch. And then he takes one shot that's going wide. And I dive, you know, uh, like it's going wide, and then it curves right into the top corner. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And that was the last shot he took, and he was, uh, he, was he actually had the ability, like, yeah. he's very athletic, so he was making flips, like literally flips. Unbelievable. Just, just, just uh, and, and then an older man comes over to us and tells us that he's a scout for uh, one of the professional one teams. The, I, I don't think it was a top division, it was like Division Two or something sure, like that. Sure, sure. And, um, he told us that he, he wanted to see this kid it, is this see kid's it. information. Wow! But the kid, they, so what? He was fourteen. Yeah. He was younger than me. No, I was like in I Canada was, with scouts. They're all over. I was seventeen. He was fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he went to his father, and his father said, "No, no, forget it." I, but now he's a rab- Now he's a Chabad rabbi in Australia. He's a coach. He's a soccer. And coach. he no, he's not a coach, but he does play on a soccer team, mm-hmm. like a beer league kind of soccer team, mm-hmm. and he's. Uh, I think I once looked up his stats. He's the top scorer, obviously. Yeah, of course. He, he, this guy is like a super talent. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, somebody uh, in Toronto, my sister's best friend, husband, played pro for a European league, I think in Holland. Soccer? Yeah. He, he, was, he was a part of like UEFA, what do you call it? That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> he converted, actually. He met uh, this... Uh, Moroccan girl. I don't know where they met, but he was he was a professional soccer player. That's wild. Yeah. So yeah, and I understand the skills. Yeah. So uh, yeah, because we were at this gym and we were playing indoor soccer, and you were like, you were just like going by everybody, like with your footwork, and it was. Incredible. It's not really about the footwork. It's about there are two things that I always I look for. You're looking for the holes, so you see yeah. like an opening spot as you're running. You mm-hmm. kind of have to look up similar in hockey and you're also looking for windows right uh, which means like a spot where and it, in other words the way I see it now like as in you know when you're playing older once you understand it which is some one of the things I learned is that if you don't have the ball or puck go to an open window immediately find you know based on your positioning but find a spot between two players mm-hmm. where your teammate could pass you that's, that's your right, right. that should be your entire focus get open get to that those spots but when i saw you, if you do yeah. find your teammates who are or create those to get but when them. i saw you handling the ball with your feet i was thinking i was thinking oh my god this guy juggles like with his hands and now he's like juggling with his feet I'm like is there anything you can't do with like a, with a ball or something it's like, I think yeah. next time you play sports with Chabad we gotta blindfold you <laughs> and straight jacket and then it'll be equal alright I think uh, we're over an hour here ooh we really went over who cares uh, let's, let's stop I gotta go home as long as but let's have fun yeah we are having fun this is great See, this is why we need you on our podcasts. Excellent. So we got to make it happen. So, uh, yeah, subscribe. Uh, click up here. Click here to subscribe. And um, 
Music. Uh, we don't have music. No, we don't have Could our closing sing? music. No, I cannot sing. I'll try. I'll sing. Yeah. I like the closing music of the last episode. Yeah, that I never dive into mid breath of our front. You're supposed to. You're supposed to speak while I sing. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Thanks for joining us, and uh, hope to see you next week for uh, episode number five, I believe. And uh, hope you enjoyed uh, listening to. Uh, Eric Klein and Rabbi Burnass father. We didn't unfortunately get to hear a lot from him, but uh, nice uh, having And the with two us. minutes of the rabbi. And the two minutes of the rabbi Burnath. What a tease. Hopefully, uh, we'll have to chain him to the chair next time, handcuff him. Anyways, have a great week. Uh-huh.